Chapter 18 of The Yellow Dove by George Gibbs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Oliva. Success. Hammersley's first act was to take off his shoes and slip one into each pocket of his jacket. They were sold with rubber, but even that he feared would make a sound. Then he put the box of matches in his pocket and blew out the candle overturning it on the floor the shutters of the window were closed and if they were opened carefully the man in the garden below might not notice any change in the appearance of the window hammersley buttoned his jacket and carefully pushing back the shutter peered out fortunately the night had fallen darkly and overhead black clouds were lowering and while he hesitated searching the paths below for the figure of the guard there was a patter of rain upon the roof the gods were propitious at last he made out a dark bulk moving to and fro along the garden path toward the tool-house hammersley watched waiting until the man's back was turned when he opened the shutter wider and threw the rope of sheets out upon the ledge closing the shutter again he came toward the house so far so good for the whiteness of the sheets would have been plainly visible had the guard been looking the next stage of his escape was more difficult and he let the fellow go and come twice along his path as he timed his new move he tried the shutter carefully to see that it did not creak and measured with his eye the distance to the living-room chimney which he must reach during the twenty paces the soldier would take toward the tool-house a wind was blowing in the treetops and somewhere below him a young oak was rustling its last year's leaves the shutter fortunately opened in the direction in which he must go so he sat upon the window-sill doubled up and when the time came without looking again at the guard moved quickly slipping out noiselessly closing the shutter behind him and gathering up the sheet as he went crept like a cat on a wall along the narrow ledge it creaked with his weight and some small object that his foot had touched grated along the roof and fell to the ground below a tiny sound at best but magnified in hammersley's ears a hundred times he had reached the wide chimney and waited above it listening for the footsteps of the man below there was no sound the man had stopped walking hammersley did not dare look out from his hiding-place but he knew that in that moment his fate was hanging in a balance just then a heavier gust of wind than usual dislodged a broken branch from a tree nearby which fell to the ground still the man below did not move and hammersley blessed his wisdom in closing the shutter for he knew that the guard must be peering upward searching for a sign of anything unusual in its appearance hammersley held his breath straining his ears for the sound that would tell him that he had not failed in a while which seemed interminable it began again the slow crunch of gravel under a heavy foot ceased and began again as though uncertainly so he waited until the sounds were regular as before then advancing his head cautiously he waited for the proper time 
and keeping the chimney between himself and the garden ran straight up the roof to the gable and crouched quickly upon the other side he was more fortunate this time for the roof gave forth no sound once beyond the protection of the gables he could for the moment disregard the danger of the guard for his orders had been to watch but one window and hammersley knew enough of the german character to be sure that the soldier below would not leave that side of the house as he slid carefully down the roof upon the other side he saw that there were two dormers and for a moment could not think which of them let into the room in which doris was imprisoned he reached the ledge and paused the shutters of both windows were closed leinberg had told him this but he swore mildly to himself because he hadn't paid closer attention to the forester's instructions for while one of the rooms was doris's the other he knew was to be occupied by john rizzio it was while he hesitated that he heard a whisper at his left and crawling along the ledge in a moment had reached the window is it you cyril he heard yes he whispered let me in leinberg had opened the shutter in the afternoon but it was still stubborn and when cyril put his strength to doris's it creaked abominably it was not really a loud noise but to the sensitive ears of the fugitives it seemed as if discovery must be inevitable at last they managed to open it wide enough to admit cyril's long legs and his body speedily followed inside the room they stood their hands clasped fearful of discovery listening for sounds without or within which would tell them of the approach of the dreaded events nothing but the sign of the wind in the treetops and the patter of the rain as hope returned hammersley questioned quickly you are ready to go yes she replied eagerly the sheets here i have prepared it was dark and he could not see but he followed the sheet to its end with his hand and found that it was fastened to the bedpost how she had managed to move the heavy bed across the room he did not know and it was unnecessary to question for there it was he reassured himself as to the knot that she had made and then fastened his own sheets to the other end do you think you can manage it alone it will not hold us both try me she whispered bravely the rope will reach almost to the kitchen roof yes it is just below i could see the edge of it through the shutter this afternoon he caught her in his arms and their lips met i will go first and when the tension relaxes you follow she pressed his hand as he slid his feet out of the window and paused crouching on the ledge listening then he waved his hand and slowly went down he knew that the angle of the building quite hid him from the garden path and he slid down the improvised rope as quickly as he could until his feet dangled in space he looked below him but in the darkness the distance was uncertain had leinberg miscalculated or had doris used too much of the sheet at the upper end he let himself down until his hands groped the end of the sheet while he felt for a landing with his toes he touched nothing 
and still swayed and spun in the air like an apple on a string at all halloween a fine mark for an automatic from any of the windows that stared blankly at him from the second story there was nothing for it but to drop stretching his toes down to meet the impact fortunately it was not far but he lost his balance and toppled sideways catching himself upon an arm and knee here again the wind saved him from discovery but he drew his weapon and kept a look on the corner of the garden meanwhile watching for doris she came at once slowly but fearlessly and in a moment he had her safely in his arms drawing her back near the bulk of the building to crouch and wait and listen again they did not dare to speak but hammersley's blood was surging madly with hope if they had not been discovered now the chances were that some time would elapse enough at least to enable the fugitives to get a start of their pursuers but the dangling sheet warned hammersley that they must move quickly he peered over the edge of the roof a light was burning in the kitchen but whether the room was occupied or not he could not tell he did not dare risk a sprained ankle by jumping but found that by lowering himself he could easily reach the fuel box that stood near the kitchen door in a moment they were on the ground and moving along in the shelter of the hedge toward the hangar hammersley exulted it was something to have brought doris away but it was something more to have circumvented von stromberg the bundled figure of Leinberg, lying up there bleeding in the dark shot a pain through his heart but in action moving toward the goal of his hopes even Leinberg was put behind him he had no fear for the wound in Leinberg's shoulder the old man was as tough as a pine knot and would survive the loss of blood it was Leinberg's ordeal with von stromberg that bothered him when they reached the shelter of the woods the tension relaxed we're going to get off doris he said joyously i know every stick of these woods and they can never find us but i'm afraid the strain has been too much for you how are you feeling never better she said bravely which way now hammersley had paused a moment to slip on his shoes and as he got to his feet follow me he said if i go too fast for you let me know he cut into the woods and presently struck a path which led to the left and for a while they followed this rapidly thanks to a fine physique and a vigorous life out of doors the girl was in good condition and though breathing hard upon the slopes made no murmur hammersley knew that he had little time to spare and doris followed blindly asking no questions she was aware from what cyril had said in the afternoon that his objective in coming to germany was now within reach and she could only judge of its importance to england by the desperate chances he had taken when it was time that she should know he would tell her she judged that cyril knew that she had been tricked into betraying him and she made up her mind that whatever happened now she would stay with him until the end she owed him that after a while 
when they had been moving for perhaps twenty minutes they reached an opening in the trees where she could see gray patches of sky through the branches overhead and her feet emerging from the dry leaves and moss felt a firmer contact the schoendorf road he said we can follow it side by side are you tired no they went on more rapidly while hammersley explained the documents i came to germany for are to be brought along this road tonight in an automobile the hour they are due to reach blaufelden is eleven and if i know anything of the infallibility of the german secret messenger they will be here on time it is now after ten i have an hour or less to make my preparations what are you going to do she asked get them first i'm going to take you to a spot where you will be as safe as if you were at home in ashwater park no she said firmly i'm going with you but that's impossible i don't know what may happen my plans are of a, the vaguest i will share them no you shan't refuse me i will follow you i can help i must i would die in those roads alone don't you understand but if i fail and they take you you will be as guilty as i it is an act of war doris then all the more reason why i should be committed to it they made war on me but there will be danger i can't let you take the risk i don't know how you are going to stop me she said defiantly he paused then stopped and caught her by the elbows peering down into her eyes then he laughed mated he cried this is the greatest moment of my life and mine her voice answered him her lips met his in a quick caress like those the wives of the spartans gave when they sent their men to battle he caught her hand in his and they moved forward more quickly along this path death was riding toward them but they strode eagerly to meet it to defy it to defeat it cyril planned rapidly casting anxious glances along the road behind him every foot they traveled took them further from their pursuers if pursuers there were every foot they traveled took them nearer the advancing messenger so that the farther they went the longer would be the while before they were overtaken but the shorter the time for preparation to stop the automobile murder was not in hammersley's line they passed many places difficult spots in the road where the machine must also stop and go into low gear to climb declivities places where projecting rocks jutted rough faces up to the very ruts of the road it would not be difficult to kill with an automatic at a distance of two paces but hammersley could not play the game that way he was a spy if the laws of war called him so but he would not even in this extremity use the spy's weapons if the other man fought it would be different the desperate nature of the undertaking was beginning to come to him two men perhaps three or even four and yet he must win he must slowly but surely a plan was forming and he made up his mind to put it into practice not tired yet he asked no i could go on forever 
then listen we are nearing the thorwald it is just beyond here less than half a mile away the thorwald it's a favorite place of mine known only to Lindberg and udo a cave high up in the rocks safe as a church unless udo happens to hunt for us there and will he i hope not at the foot of the crags this road runs we must get there first can you run i'll try he gave her his hand again and they settled into a jog trot she was breathing fast in a moment but she was game and did not falter though her lungs seemed to be bursting but as they neared the spot cyril slowed down to a walk again at the foot of the glen there's a dry bed of a stream full of rocks there used to be a bridge here but it was washed away it's an awkward spot even for a good motor i'm going to make it worse he left her dashing on ahead while she followed and when she reached the stream she saw him dragging one of the bridge timbers across the road she wanted to help but he told her to watch until he got another and then another timber into place and in another moment it was evident that the barricade was formidable enough to deter any machine from crossing and there was no way to go around for upon one side rose the crags and upon the other the gully fell away into a dark pit filled with rocks and tangled branches there was nothing for it now but to wait and yet it seemed a desperate thing to do weary and blown as doris was it would have seemed better to have gone on and on anything to put distance between cyril and the death that surely awaited them back there it seemed impossible that so long a time as this could have elapsed before the tell-tale rope of sheets should have been discovered already she was sure that vents and his men must be on the way in a machine or on horses perhaps which would cover the distance they had traveled in less than a quarter of the time she thought that she heard the sound of a machine in the distance and the voices of men she pleaded with him to go on but he only smiled at her you must do what i say doris he said and then paused listening they're coming he whispered she had heard the sound of a machine from which direction she gasped there and he pointed across the gully they'll be here in a moment listen to me walk quickly to your right across the road to that large stone stop she obeyed wonderingly now cross the road again using those rocks as stepping stones she did it bewildered pausing on a ledge of rocks that formed a part of the crag now follow the line of the rocks into the bushes fifty feet from the road hidden among the shrubbery you'll find a cleft in the rocks climb it and you'll come out here and he pointed upward just above the road wait for me there i'll come in a moment and as she hesitated he caught her by the elbows and shoved her along the ledge backwards go do you hear i'll have no refusal there was no denying the accent of command in his voice or the quick flash of his eye 
never until von stromberg had badgered her today had a man spoken to her in this tone before but she loved him for it rejoiced in his strength the primitive instinct of woman to obey when she had gone hammersley quickly crossed the stream and took a position behind a thick bush listening to the exhaust of the approaching machine but listening and looking too in the opposite direction for sounds of his pursuers a searchlight made fantastic shapes among the leaves and long shadows suddenly shot out along the road hammersley had drawn his automatic from his pocket and was fingering it coolly he put his fingers over his eyes so that the light would not mar his familiarity with the darkness he did not know how many men opposed him and did not seem to care the main thing now was to keep his eye undimmed and his hand steady the machine came slowed down and stopped while a guttural exclamation came from the driver the searchlight focused downward into the rocks of the gully screening his eyes from its light with a hand hammersley peered out at the occupants of the car there were two men better than three but not so good as one the man at the wheel rose and got down just beside him moving forward to remove the obstacles hammersley wasted no time he leveled his automatic at the broad back of the driver and his voice rang sharply in german i have come here for the dispatches intended for herr general von stromberg you will give them to me at once the man who was just bending over toward the timber straightened quickly and turned reaching for his holster but the man in the seat of the car who wore a military cap was quicker for there was a report and a bullet sang close to hammersley's ear a stream of fire came from hammersley's automatic three shots in quick succession and the man in the car pitched forward in his seat and slid to the floor and by the time the other man had drawn his pistol hammersley had leaped behind a tree and came out of some bushes beyond the chauffeur fired but not in hammersley's direction the continuous glare of the light in their eyes had made their vision in the darkness uncertain do you surrender shouted hammersley the german's reply was to fire at him again and miss he still stood in the reflection of the headlight a bulky silhouette which made too fair a mark while hammersley stood in the shadows of the bushes hammersley pitied him surrender he repeated the man was not a coward and rushed blindly toward the voice shooting again too close for comfort well then hammersley said and fired again the man stumbled to his knees and then fell prone his fingers clutching among the leaves the whole incident had taken less than a minute and a deathly silence seemed to fall following the reverberations of the shots hammersley stood tensely listening and peering along the road toward blaufelden there was a glow of light at a distance and he could now hear the sound of another machine von stromberg had learned of his escape and with a perfect intuition was coming here directly and fast the sound of the shots had been heard there was no time to lose hammersley bent over the man on the ground and searched his pockets rapidly gloves matches a spark plug tobacco but no papers 
the chauffeur of course by main strength he lifted the dead weight of the man in the car and carried him down into the glare of the searchlight it was a dangerous thing to do for the lights of the machine from blaufelden were already swinging through the tree trunks but he worked quickly and skillfully tearing open the officer's gray overcoat and searching his pockets in the inside pocket of his uniform he found them a bulky package and other papers he read the superscription quickly sein excellenz general graf von stromberg then sprang aside out of the glare of the lights at the very moment when the other machine came swinging rapidly around the turn in the road the papers are safe roared a voice which hammersley recognized yeah hammersley replied in a rough tone a man tried to stop me and i shot him ganz gut he is here shouted hammersley again all the while he had been moving out of the glare of the searchlights and as the men from the other car tumbled out and came forward he turned into the darkness and abandoning all caution took to his heels and ran at top speed in the opposite direction behind him he heard shouts as his trick was discovered but he knew that in the matter of speed he had nothing to fear afoot from any german at windenberg the thing that bothered him now was a way to hide the marks of his footsteps for in places the mud was soft and he knew that in the morning light they would follow him so he picked his way carefully running at top speed for a mile at least to lead the pursuit away from the thorwald and then at the banks of a small stream paused a moment and listened he had eluded them then without hesitation though puffing fearfully from his exertions he stepped down into the cold waters of the stream and waded up it avoiding the ledges and making sure that he left no mark behind him as he climbed higher up the mountain he could see in the distance the glow of the lights of the machines and when he reached a mossy bank which would not betray him he clambered out of the water and turned doubling like a fox upon his trail turning back in the general direction from which he had come doris worried him he could imagine her crouching there two hundred feet in the air just above the two machines half dead with fear of capture and terror for him had she seen what had happened and understood it would she have the kind of silent endurance to crouch there and wait he hurried on into the maze of the rocks and deep woods finding at last a deer trail that he knew there were but two means of ingress to the cave of the thorwald one by the secret path in the bushes up the rocks which doris had taken the other from the upper side which he was now rapidly approaching he ran along the deer trail reloading his automatic as he went his eyes peering ahead for familiar landmarks cutting in at last to the left at a great rock around which the deer trail led he now proceeded with great caution far below him he could see the reflections of the lights of the two cars and heard the voices of men he went down away toward the wall of rocks clambering over huge boulders hauling himself here and there by the aid of tree limbs reaching at last the dry bed of the old stream which down in the road had been of such assistance to him 
now the wall of rock rose sheer before him he stole cautiously along its face feeling with his hands and peering upward in a moment he found what he was looking for a small projecting ledge which he mounted and followed to his right for a way then mounting again by easy stages to a fissure wider than his body which he entered and followed quickly it led downward it seemed into the bowels of the crag but came out suddenly into an open space a kind of amphitheater with a ridge of rock upon one side and upon the other what appeared to be a solid wall he crossed this space quickly and peered over below him the crag jutted out over the road and upon it somewhere was doris he strained his gaze downward but could not see her what if they had found her footsteps and followed no that was hardly possible for the ridge of rocks began immediately at the road and thanks to his precautions she would leave no footprints slowly he descended choosing his footing with quick deliberation for the slightest sound the dislodging of a twig or a sliver of crumbled stone and the crag of the thorvald would become in a moment a hornet's nest fortunately the back of the rock screened him from the road and unless von stromberg had sent men into the woods to left and right there was no chance of discovery at last he reached the level and a dark shadow rose at his very feet and silently clasped his hand he took her in his arms for a moment in devout thankfulness if the true moment of their mating had been back there in the road while danger threatened them before and behind this place of security was the beginning of its consummation he did not speak and only motioned her to sit while he crouched beside her waiting below in the road he heard the rasping voice of his excellence speaking in no gentle tones to the wounded chauffeur of the messenger's machine asking question after question which were answered feebly enough after a while the men who had followed hammersley returned and made their reports the dull boom of the voice of vents and the harsh crackle of von stromberg's in rage and mortification he got away excellence said vents for a moment only i saw him and followed fast as i could but my legs are too short bah you are an imbecile herr hauptmann and the other men are not their legs longer yes but herr hammersley has the legs of a deer they are following but it is like hunting for a grain of barley in a coal scuttle he may have taken to the woods anywhere yeah but the fräulein she could not have run as fast as he it is my opinion said vance with some temerity that they had a rendezvous somewhere beyond he has known these mountains since his boyhood hazel but she hasn't and how should she find it in the dark perhaps the matter being so important he would have deserted her Quatsch! find me the girl and i will find you hammersley hammersley felt doris's clasp tighten on his own she cannot have gotten far away search for her schafskopf search the woods and rocks until morning take the other machine and follow his footsteps until you see them no more then 
follow his trail in the woods take the two firsters with you i will go back to blaufelden and send for more men and question the guards who permitted his escape go the fugitives sat silently listening to the sounds below them and heard the orders to put the wounded man and the dead messenger into the machine and presently the commotion of departure as the machines were backed away from the gully turned in available spots and then departed in opposite directions general von stromberg's at full speed the other slowly while captain Vince walked on before his shoulders bent trying to follow the signs of hammersley's rubber soles in the road but it had begun to rain steadily again and hammersley was thankful for it would not be long before all marks of his footsteps would be erased end of chapter eighteen